This is David Rhymes, and you're listening to Foot Notable, a podcast where we discover the truth is in the details. Merry Christmas once again, Merry and a happy Christmas. Festivus to you all. Yes, good to see all of you, or hear all of you, or you all hear us. It's good to know Back that you together. are listening to our melodious voices. Back together again on this warm Tuesday afternoon Yeah, in the studio. So we, we went through all, all the seasons today. Yep. When I got up this morning and I, I left, it was low, low 40s. Mm-hmm. Like when I got up in the morning, it was like still in the, in the 30s. Winter. So quote, quotes winter. Right. Quotes winter. And it was Louisiana. And, but it was like 41, 42 when I left the house. Even my little car's like, beware, sure. icy conditions. Fall. You know, kind of thing. Right. <laughs> and so I drive downtown because I, I was going to the downtown development district meeting, mm-hmm. which is at 8. So I park here at the church and I walk over to the, the library downtown, yes. which is where they're having it. They had it this Brand month. Brand new library. Brand new library. A very nice library if you're in Baton Rouge. You get a mm-hmm. chance to check it out. And when I left the meeting, it got over at 930. Mm-hmm. I'm like pulling off my sports coat. <laughs> you know, I'm just like wishing Spring. I had wishing I had some of those, you know, basketball player, you know, rip off sweats, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, with some shorts yeah. underneath or something. Uh, because it's just like gone full. It's hot. Spring. Yeah, it's just. Uh, immediately within a few hours. And so. I was like, my goodness. So I've like rolled my sleeves up. I, I don't even have my hat on. I usually wear my hat here in the studio because mm-hmm. it's so cold. It's warm in here. And it is warm in here. Well, what, so, well, here's something crazy funny. Yeah. Ginger, pulled, my wife pulled up her Facebook page and showed the, the, like the um, time hop stuff. And like three or four years ago, we had snow on this day in Louisiana. Yeah, Kathy was telling me that. Yeah, it snowed here. Like a lot of snow yeah. on this day, which is really early. Usually if you get snow sure. in Louisiana, it's rare. It's usually in January or February. Right. Um, so it was really early. We had a good time that that, that, that day. So Yeah, we were up in, in the Monroe area, like right after we got back mm-hmm. from overseas. And it was November. We're at the Baptist Children's Home up there mm-hmm. where we're staying. And lo and behold, it snows one it's morning. Yeah. It's just a little dusting. Yeah. And so we're like grabbing the girls out. I mean, their hair's all a mess. <laughs> and, you know, they still got toothpaste coming out their their, their face. And I'm just like, it's snow, you know. Like, what is snow, Dad? And it's just it's just sloppy, wet, cold. Uh, I mean, it's uh, not even a nice snow. Right, but right. it's like, here it is, snow. That's Hopefully nice. one day we can actually let them experience a better Real version snow, of absolutely. snow. Yeah. Absolutely. So your family in the Christmas spirit, Dave, you're doing well? I would say we are. You're ready to go? Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's appropriate now, so I, are, I'll turn it on. Are all the decorations up? Or are, you, are y'all finished decorating? Or I think we're done decorating. Okay. Now, are we done putting away the stuff that decorations came in? Right. That answer is no. No, yeah. <laughs> Our box is still sitting in the hallway. Yeah, yeah from the Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah, so. All right, all right. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about giving gifts, all right? Do you like being a good gift giver? I try to be a good gift giver. Yeah. I try to be sensitive to, to people, you know, pay attention. Okay. What they like, what they enjoy, what they maybe need. Sure, sure. I, I don't want to just kind of be the guy that's like, here's cash or socks or whatever. Okay, so let, let's let, let's let's have this quick conversation. So, yeah. would you rather would you rather get a gift from someone that's thoughtful, but not something that you necessarily thought or knew you needed, or would you rather them give you something that you you absolutely want and need? I don't know. I guess it depends on what the thoughtful gift is. Right. So if it's like something that like they just sort of like you know this guy would really enjoy it's this mm-hmm. 
And when I get them, like, oh yeah. my goodness, I, I would totally. Yeah, yeah, I think sure. I would like that better because right. it's a surprise. Right, right. That's true. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know I needed this, but my preference yeah. typically leans in the direction of just give me something that I told you that I actually want. Right. That way, I'm guaranteed. To I get have an Amazon yeah, wish list. Exactly. Exactly. Did, did you do your reading for for your assignment? <laughs> Which is buy me Christmas presents. Yeah, exactly. And so I would like, uh, my daughter and I were having this conversation about getting gift cards versus cash. Yeah. And I said, it's the same thing. She's like, no, a gift card's more like more thoughtful. I'm like, it's money. It's just in a plastic yeah. card. There's no difference. And so we were talking about gift giving and we want to give people thoughtful gifts or just give them something that they can, you know, for for whatever they, they want. Um, and this time of year brings out this. Uh, sort of conversation about well, let's give good gifts and let's give thoughtful gifts and let's give things that people want or need or they would enjoy. Um, you know who was not a good gift giver? I have a guess. Who? Well, probably our old friend George Costanza. That's right, George Costanza. George was not a good gift giver. And on one uh, particular Christmas episode, the Festivus episode, we talked about last That's week. That's right. Uh, George decides that he's going to give a gift to all of his fellow employees at Kruger right. Industrial George Smoothie. likes getting gifts. He does, very much. Oh, well, let's, let's clarify. George is not an anti-gift no, person. But he's also a cheapskate. He is and very he does much not like spending money on yep. people. And so George decides to give a gift one year. What does he give, Dave? Well, you know, he does a very charitable thing. <laughs> he makes a donation in honor of his coworkers. Yes. But there's a problem. It's a phony baloney <laughs> A charity and no money whatsoever out of George's pocket has been given to anything. He gave them a card. That's basically what it was. Yeah. A piece of paper that said a donation has been made in your name to the human fund. Yeah. So in honor of our episode today, <laughs> uh, I pulled out the, my little uh, festivist celebration kit that my wife got me a couple of years back. And we've got the poll here in the studio. Yeah. Uh, it's not a full size poll, no? unfortunately, but it is a nice uh, miniature yeah. that helps us kind of stay in the festivist mood. And in the kit uh, is actually several of these cards that says, just like um, George gave, a donation has been made in your name to the human fund. Money. For people. Money for people. <laughs> and so they gladly accept the gift. Later, the accounting department at Kruger Industrial Smoothing realizes this charity does not actually exist. Right. And George's way out of that awkward moment is to tell his boss that he doesn't celebrate Christmas. He Correct. celebrates Festivus. Yeah, so he has to fess up to the Festivus <laughs> celebration. He's been trying to hide from his heritage all oh, these years it's as such an adult. A hilarious moment. Yeah, so George has got an interesting philosophy when it comes to like giving and getting. Yes. So rather than trying to like really explain how this philosophy works, we'll just let George himself there you go. give you a rundown of how he looks at the whole gift giving process. Let's do it. How'd it go with that girl? Great, I'm going out with her tomorrow night. How'd it go with the cocktail, Frank? Great. Ate the entire platter. <laughs> Had to call in sick today. Didn't you call in sick yesterday? Hey, I work for Kruger Industrial Smoothing. We don't care, and it shows. You got open your mail here? Hey, at least I'm bringing something to this. Have you seen me? Nope. Something from Watley. See? You give and you get. This holiday season, a donation has been made in your name to the Children's Alliance. Oh, that's nice. I got him Yankee tickets. He got me a piece of paper saying I've given your gift to someone else. To a children's charity. Don't you see how wrong that is? Where's your Christmas spirit? An eye for an eye! Hey. Hey, check this out. I gotta give uh, Christmas presents to everyone down at Kruger, so I'm pulling a Watley. A donation has been made in your name to the Human Fund. What is that? Made it up. 
The human fund. Money for people. What do you think? It has a certain understated stupidity. <laughs> that, so it, that it does. Oh my goodness. That just encapsulates George Costanza so well. And it while really we certainly this podcast is certainly not about Seinfeld, uh, it does paint a picture for us about um how people think about gift giving and uh hopefully people in your life are more thoughtful and yeah. um and spend a little bit more money than George did. Right. Because there's there's gifts. a there's a certain anticipation about receiving gifts. I mean, exactly. you know that your loved ones are gonna get you gifts for Christmas. And so you look forward to that. And no doubt George was looking forward to what he was going to receive, particularly from Watley because of the high value he put on his Mm -hmm. Christmas gift to him, which was Yankee tickets, Yankee tickets, yeah, yeah. which, you know, some can debate the value of Yankee tickets, depending on uh, how the season's going. But still we, we had this eager anticipation Mm -hmm. this time of year about receiving Exactly. And the anticipation of Christmas is actually something that helps us to understand the nature of Advent, um, which is what we're, we're in the midst of celebrating or observing uh, during this time of year. Um, and as we talked about last week, uh, the first week of Advent emphasizes hope, which is given to us um, in Christ, spoken of in the Old Testament prophecies. The second week of Advent emphasizes those very prophecies and really the the aspect of anticipation of the coming Messiah, the anticipation of God's promises being fulfilled. And so in one sense, while we started off on a more humorous note, in one sense, what is anticipated in the Old Testament is a gift from God that he finally gives at his right time by his plan in the birth of his son, Jesus. And so the anticipation of the Old Testament is fulfilled, that present is opened and is is realized in the New Testament, which is what we celebrate during Advent or at Christmas time. And when you look at the prophecies about the Messiah being a gift from God, it really kind of helps you put it in perspective mm-hmm. because if you go to, it doesn't have to be a child, it can be an adult, exactly, and you tell them, I got you this, you're specific, mm-hmm. like this is going to be your gift, and you can't open it yet. And I have, I have it. It's going to be yours. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's forthcoming. You would just be just like, oh, okay, come on, come on. I want, yeah. I want it. Yeah. And so, you know, you just kind of hear that messianic ex- expectation, you know, there in the, in the prophets and, you know, some of the Psalms, you know, as they are just looking and longing for this. Why? Because God says it's coming. You're yeah. going to, you're going to get, and you're not going to get, I've got what's behind my back. Mm-hmm. And you have no right. clue. Right. He's, he's terribly specific, yeah. you know, as you look at the prophecies that he gives uh, to, to these various Absolutely. men and he's throughout not, history. He's not giving a cheap version of it either. He's not, yeah. God doesn't promise to give them a lesser version of what they most need. He is sending his, his chosen servant, as Isaiah talks about, his, his own son to come to bring redemption to the world. So what Advent emphasizes in this season is partly waiting. It's the anticipation, the waiting time for the for the final realization of this gift that's been promised. Now, as Christians, um, we have that already in the fact that Christ has come. What we are waiting for, or what we're waiting on now, is the second coming of Christ and the final fulfillment of all that God promises in his son, Jesus. So this anticipation of this week of emphasis actually connects us to last week's emphasis on hope. 
and that our hope is tied to our anticipation. And as you mentioned uh, last week, Dave, that Christian hope is not uh, wishful thinking. It's not, you know, hoping something's going to come true and maybe it will, maybe it won't. Christian hope is is centered on and grounded in the guarantees of what God is going to do because we've seen what he's already done. He's kept all of his promises. And so our hope is rooted in a guarantee. Therefore, our waiting, our anticipation is not like waiting for opening a present and not knowing what's in it. It's actually waiting for what we know we're going to get. And yeah. that that's a better kind of waiting. And the, the fact that this gift is so clear in the prophets, but still the actual coming of Christ, mm-hmm. when all that is fulfilled, when you open the present, yeah. It's like, wow, this is better than I ever thought. Yeah. Now, in the moment, it you know the children of Israel kind of treated it like you know an ugly sweater. Right. Exactly. But you know, once you look back on it, you realize this this was the best possible version mm-hmm. of this this gift that we could have ever received from God. Yeah. And the waiting was worth it. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the things that kind of makes me me sad when we talk about the coming of the Messiah and all that he is and what he did is that you you still have this whole group of Jews mm-hmm. that are still waiting. Yeah. And the quality of their waiting has greatly diminished mm-hmm. over the centuries mm-hmm. because number one, they just feel tired of waiting. Yeah. We remain 3000 years. Where's he, when he's going to come? Mm-hmm. Well, he's already come. You missed it. And so when you miss the gift, Right, whatever is coming, we think is coming next. Right, that's going to be better. It's it's just not going to happen. Cheap imitation, yeah, 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 without a doubt. And so that's why I, I love this aspect of the of Advent, the idea of anticipation, is that we get to look at this theme through the lens of knowing what the gift is, of having yeah. already embraced the gift. Yeah, and so it's we're on the other side of the present being open. Mm-hmm. And that gives us this great opportunity for those that are still waiting, whether whether they be ethnic Jews or whether they just be out there in, in the world going, there's got to be something better than, than this. Yeah. Well, there is. Mm-hmm. And God has put this present right here in front of us, low shelf, for us to grab hold of. It's, it's not up out of reach, mm-hmm. and we can have it and know it and experience it. It's, it's ours yeah. to just take, mm-hmm. but that's the way gifts work. It's not mine until I actually take hold of it. Exactly. And so the anticipation aspect is a great bridge, I think, to the gospel message. Because I think we just live, I know hope is, love is, joy is, all of that. But anticipation is like people just seem to hold their breath these days mm-hmm. for something better. Everybody knows something's wrong. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we've touched on this a number of times in this podcast that those who do not know Christ still know something in this world is wrong. And if up until 2020, you didn't think something was wrong with the world, if you've lived in 2020, you obviously can see something's wrong with the world. Every human being has always known this in some form or fashion, right? And so what the Christian has, what the follower of Christ has is a, is a certain tension in their hearts that we know what's wrong, but we also know who makes it right, who, mm-hmm. who is sustaining us in all of these struggles that we're having in this life. And so the nature of the Christian life is that we are actively waiting. And what that means is we're having faith 
in the very one who sent his Messiah, his son, first, who was born of a woman, as, as, as Galatians says. As we read about in, in Matthew 1 and in Luke chapter 2, this baby born in Bethlehem, Jesus the Lord. He came once in human flesh, lived, died, rose again, and is now promised to come again a second time. We're living in this in-between, this, this already-but-not-yet kind of world, where Christ has fulfilled the promise of God, but all the promises are not completed yet. There's more work to do in the second coming of Christ. We're living, living in this time of tension, and we are actively waiting with faith in the Lord, who we know is with us. And so to, to sort of go back to last week's um, introduction into Advent and the struggles that some people are having uh, during a holiday season when they're, when they're maybe a little sad, a little depressed, a little uh, sorrowful, maybe they're missing a loved one, they can't see their family, maybe they're dealing with some health issue, whatever it may be, as a follower of Christ, your waiting through this valley has a reward on the other side. There's something better, and you know this. So your waiting is not empty. You're not standing on the side of the road with your fingers crossed, hoping that the bus passes. Jesus is going to return. Jesus is with us now, which makes the waiting a little bit sweeter, a little bit easier, because we already have the gift of salvation. It's with us. It's in us. It's around us. It's working through us. He is actively working in our lives as followers of Christ. So now we can look at the broken world and while we're waiting, we have answers for our friends and our neighbors and our coworkers and our family members who are, are having trouble dealing with whatever trial or trouble that they're facing in their own lives. Advent helps us to embrace the reality we live in, to embrace this tension, and then to ease that tension with the promise of Christ. He's with us now so we can walk forward together trusting him in this, as I said before, this already but not yet tension in our lives. Yeah, and that's the great thing about you know this season of Advent is that you know Jesus did not come into this world where everything was just great and rosy and perfect. Right. Like exactly. he he didn't he didn't arrive like you know the crowd standing at a red carpet waiting for the celebrity and everybody is just excited, everybody's in a frenzy the the movie with this guy's going to star is going to be great and we're just so pumped and then all of a sudden oh here he is yeah Finally, you yeah, know yeah. and he comes in just the middle of of mess it's just mm-hmm. it's just really dark a broken and, world yeah. and hard mm-hmm. and he's still with us in that and I think people need to understand just how significant that is mm-hmm. Jesus didn't come so that the religious elite could have a champion yeah. for their piety. He didn't come to pat them on the back. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't, he didn't kind of work the golf courses and, you know, the, yeah. the back room yeah. lunch counters, right. you know, with, with the guys that, that do the high rolling and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's right there in the middle of the dregs of society. Yeah. And so you follow the, the narrative of his life and his ministry and he's with everyone. Mm-hmm. And the problem that the elite had was that he would actually stoop so low to treat someone that they thought was worthless was unworthy, yeah. with the yeah. same amount of dignity and worth and time and effort and value mm-hmm. as Jesus just treated them. Yeah. And that you're not supposed to do that. And there are a lot of people today, I think, look at religion, look at Christianity, and they go, I'm just beneath that. 
Mm-hmm. Like, that's not for me because we've had such an influx of the prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. And so you've got people that come out, and Jesus is all about what he gives you materially. And then you get these guys grinning on TV, and they draw, they drive expensive cars, and they're on their third private jet. Mm-hmm. And people, man, they, they work at Walmart. Mm-hmm. And people get laid off. Mm-hmm. You know, people, then they busted it for that promotion, and they got passed over for the third time. That's life for them. That's reality. And what they often see for Christianity is, is just it's not relatable. Right. And so sometimes they make the mistake that, well, Jesus is for the people who have it all together. Jesus is for the people who have enough faith. Who have yeah. enough faith yeah. and whose life is going well. Right. Right? And so because I'm not getting any benefit out of this, I must not be worthy. What's the point of waiting? Yeah, what's yeah. the point of waiting? Yeah. i got to go get it myself. Yeah. i got to pull myself up by my own bootstraps. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't sit there and faith myself into a rolls. Exactly. Uh, I I have to go do the hard work. That's the way life works. That's what my daddy taught me. You know. You know. You you got to work hard. You got to put in the time, blood, sweat, and tears. That's how you get ahead in life. Mm-hmm. This is not about getting ahead in life. Right. This is about God coming down where you are in the midst of all your hurt, your pain, your suffering, your brokenness, your failures all your shame, all the guilt, all the stuff that you hide. And instead of going, ew, he actually comes near Mm -hmm. and puts his hand on you and says, it's okay, I'm going to come down here with you as well. He waits with us. He waits with us. He says, I'm I'm just going to take all this on on myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to kind of pull you up out of this this spiritual pit Mm -hmm. so that you can walk on, walk on, you know, two feet on a firm foundation that is me. And you know what? You may not ever get rich and that promotion may never come your way, but you're not how you've defined yourself. Exactly. I love you so much and I'm not going to overlook you because you waller in self-pity or because life has dealt you a difficult hand or because you've experienced real inequality and oppression in your life. I'm, I'm, I'm going to break through all of that. And I just know so many people are waiting for that moment, that person mm-hmm. to do that for them. And they're convinced it's never going to happen. So they take it upon themselves to be the hero of their own story. And it doesn't work out. Exactly. Yeah. And so the idea of Jesus making my life better because I trust in him um, was sort of the, the attitude of the of the of the Jews of his day, because that was what they believed the prophecy said. They they believed the Messiah that was coming was going to improve their lives. He would he was going to get rid of their oppressors. He was going to remove their enemies. He was going to make them prosperous again. That was their conception of the Messiah. That's who they were waiting for. So when Jesus first steps onto the scene, people are like, "Whoa, who's this guy?" He speaks with authority. He casts out demons. He forgives sins, right? I mean, he starts gathering a crowd. There's a mass of people following him. And so if you have like this first act of his life, he's gathering his followers, which is the the disciples he called and then some others that started following him. The middle, the second act, he has huge crowds following him. The third act, they've all abandoned him and he's dying for their sins. And so in that middle act, these people really believe that Jesus is that is that Messiah that's going to restore their fortunes, restore their freedom. He was, he was going to be a nationalistic king, you know? He didn't live up to their expectations. Yeah. 
And it's because he's not, he didn't things, know. Things don't change much, do they? I mean, don't, no, don't yeah. people still look to some sort of powerful governmental mm-hmm. figure to come in and fix it all. Yeah, and it's just, it's never worked. It's just human nature. It's never worked. Even the greatest king in Israel was David. He lived and died and he was gone. Solomon lived and died and he was gone. And that legacy is, is just that, a legacy. That's it. He's not still doing that. Jesus comes and he says, I didn't come to establish that kind of kingdom. Even Peter and the disciples were certain Jesus was going to to fulfill what they had been waiting for, this earthly king that was going to make their lives better. And Jesus told Peter, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to establish a different kind of kingdom. It's a spiritual one that's going to reign not only among Jews, but among Gentiles as well. And in some cases, especially Gentiles. It's going to go out to the Gentiles. Most of the disciples went to the Gentiles. Most of the missionaries went to the Gentiles around the world. And so Jesus is establishing a different concept of what a spiritual life is. The waiting has the reward for all of us because the promise is beyond our condition, our circumstances right now. There, like, like you said, there's no promise that your situation is immediately going to get better because you pray or trust in Jesus. What it does promise is that you'll have peace in the midst of whatever you're dealing with. Yeah. So you don't have to wait for peace. It's here. It's present with us now. Mm-hmm. The, the beauty of the waiting is one day our situation will be infinitely better, eternally better. So that's why we wait with anticipation, with great anticipation, yeah. because we know that there's going to be a culmination, a consummation of all these things, that Christ is finally going to make everything the way it's supposed to be. So while we're in between the two comings of Christ, we wait faithfully, we wait patiently, because we know what he's going to do when he returns. There's a reward on the other end of our waiting that is worth every bit of the waiting that, that, that we sit in now, which is why we celebrate Advent. Yeah, Jesus didn't come so that we could go through this life with our chins up. Yeah. You know, because it's all it is. I've given I've given you, you know, kind of a a shot of self-confidence. I've given you a shot of, you know, just sort of just energetic um, you know, kind of happiness mm-hmm. built around some good teachings, built around, you know, some good advice and and just the fact that I love you, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you've been to a Tony Robbins, yeah. you know, event. <laughs> you walk out like I'm on cloud nine. Yeah. This guy just pumped me Conquer up. Conquer the world. Con- yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Give, you know, bring on the business plan. Mm-hmm. You know that that relationship I've been to. I, I am going to go. I'm going to ask her out. You know, mm-hmm. it, that's not what Jesus came to do for us. He didn't come to, to just kind of rah rah, and then we could go. Chest out, chin up. Mm-hmm. I can do this. He didn't come to make us this life. better versions of ourselves. Yeah, right. And so he's he's going to make all things new. Mm-hmm. And man, that's just the the beauty the beauty of of Advent mm-hmm. is that what changes now is our spiritual condition. Yeah, it doesn't put any money in my pocket. Nope. It doesn't make me less sad. It doesn't make grief go away. I don't get a better house. I don't get uh, more behaved children. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't get any benefit other than the fact that I was dead under God's wrath, mm. justly condemned, and now I'm not. Yeah. None of that. Like instantly. Like I didn't get put on a waiting list. Yeah. It wasn't an application <laughs> I filled have, out. You have to wait for that. I, had, yeah. I didn't have to write an essay. And boy, if it was good enough, Meet conditions, maybe, yeah. maybe Jesus would uh, do this for me. He did it. You know, and I think we need to remember that as Americans, let's not associate 
how well our life goes with what Christ has done Amen. for us spiritually. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's put our faith on a global scale. Let's remember mm. that Jesus has redeemed people in deplorable situations around the world, yeah. and they still live in deplorable situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the situations that we would beg to be out of mm-hmm. if we spent an hour in them. Yeah. And yet Christ is just as real to them and fills them with just as much hope and anticipation as he does us. Amen. Yeah. And I, I don't, I think we need to remember that. So, you know, we've been praying for like the nations, uh, particularly our missionaries over the past couple of months here at First Baptist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's one of the things we need to be aware of as we pray. Mm-hmm that we're not asking our version of the gospel, an Americanized version of it, to go out mm-hmm. so that poor people can pay their bills, yeah. so that uh, a, a wife who's miscarried three times never has to experience that again, mm-hmm. so that a family whose husband is in jail for having a Bible is released and they don't have to, they don't have to experience that anymore. The laws are changed and yeah. no, that's, that's not what we all, that's not what Christianity's about. Right. Those people hadn't, they need, they need the anticipation just like we need the anticipation mm-hmm. because the thing is the dad may never get out of jail. Yeah. That woman may never have a child and the, the poverty that that person is in may never be alleviated. Mm-hmm. And the Lord is still faithful. And the Lord is still faithful, yeah. and he's going to make all things new for them, just like us. Yeah. And so we, we need to make sure that we're we're talking about a, about a better gospel this Christmas yeah. Yeah. than what we typically see here that, I guess, the, 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 the materialism of Christmas yeah. overshadows right. a little easy, right. you know, too easily. Uh, and so with our, with our neighbors, with our unbelieving family and coworkers, what a great— conversation mm-hmm. to have about the anticipation yeah, that, that Christ allows us to, to participate in. You know, we, it's, it's interesting to kind of tie, tie, tie this back to the silly aspect of, of the Seinfeld show. We mentioned how George's dad started Festivus because he was fed up with the materialism of Christmas. Well, they weren't even, they're not even Christians. Right. But he himself saw, though, that sort of heavy, materialistic, selfish aspect of the holiday. And we hear, we hear Christians talk about this a lot and how much they hate that part of Christmas. Good. We should hate materialism. But we are material people in the sense that giving gifts is not wrong. You know, trusting Jesus and praying to Jesus to help you in a bad situation is what you should do, right? We should want our lives to be balanced and healthy. And there are principles in the scriptures that teach us if you live the way of Christ, you should have a happy life. But there's no guarantee that you're not going right. to walk through dark valleys. So we have to balance those yeah. aspects, right? I think that's part of the tension we were talking about earlier. And so even unbelievers can recognize that something else is better and that some of the aspects of even the Christmas holiday just aren't quite right. What we have as Christians is an answer for that. Yeah. We have a way to answer or, or to balance the material aspects of Christmas, the decorations and the mm-hmm. gifts and the, the wrapping paper and the music with the gospel, not a version of the gospel. There are no versions of the gospel, right? There's just the gospel. Correct. Anything else is false, yep. right? And so... What we have is this message of hope that we're anticipating its final fulfillment. Yeah. And it's not an empty hope. It's not a wishful thinking, as we said. It is a, a completely rock-solid guarantee. It's going to happen. You're going to get this promise. 
just wait faithfully. And if you are fortunate to be here by God's grace to see Christ return, wonderful. If you die and are placed in the grave, that's okay. You're still with Jesus, right? Like, so there's, there's no losing for us to, the, who are waiting. And our hearts should break for the people who, are, who don't know that, what, what they're waiting for. Yeah. That's why we share the gospel with them. So let me, let me read a scripture for us. Okay. Um, Romans 8. Um, this is a passage where Paul is writing about uh, the sort of the glory that's awaiting us and what we're waiting for. He, he calls it eager longing, right? And this is what he says in Romans 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the, with, with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So there Paul gives a balance. We have present suffering, but you really can't compare it. It's not so bad compared to when we look at what's coming in Christ. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So our groaning is evidence of a a type of waiting. There are people who groan without Jesus. There are people who groan with Jesus. The creation itself, even the the plants and animals in yeah. a form are groaning for this final redemption, for everything that's broken to be put back together the way it's supposed to be. But then Paul says in 23, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, we were saved. Now hope, and this, this, this is the key part, now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. If there's a theme of Advent over the entire season of waiting, I think that word patience is probably a good Mm -hmm. word to use. We wait patiently for the redemption of our bodies, redemption of the creation, because we know God's going to do it. Yeah, we don't. Ask believers, the Bible doesn't ask believers to ignore the pain and suffering, the grief they're going through, and just say, well, look, you've got this wonderful thing to anticipate. Why are you so glum and why are you so down? Mm -hmm. Well, it doesn't doesn't, uh, give any room for that type of uh, dismissive attitude. It just says, you know, as you are going through this life, good, bad, joys, pain, whatever it is, you can wait. You can have this patience. Mm-hmm. And the anticipation that we have for the new heaven, the new earth, this new creation, is very much akin to the anticipa- anticipation of the Messiah mm-hmm. in that just like they knew God was going to give the Messiah, mm-hmm. it was very clear, but they didn't know the details of how it was going to be. We know that Christ is going to make all things new. He's going yeah. to give us a new heaven, a new, a new creation where we live as we should have lived. Yes. Had we not uh, given in to, to temptation mm-hmm. and sin. But we have no clue how great it's going to be. Right. We just don't. Mm-hmm. That's why Paul can say what he says. He, he's comparing what he knows in a very tangible way to something he's really just guessing at, but he knows it's so much better. Yeah. If Christ was so much better in real life mm-hmm. than the promise of the Messiah, then the new creation is better in reality than the promise of the new creation. Exactly. 
And so we should have this eager anticipation for that. Look around and go, boy, I don't like a lot of what I see in the world today, but Mm -hmm. I know something so much better is coming. Amen. And let's let's make sure we have a right understanding of it. We're not talking about some weird ethereal. We all you know sit around with the halo and a harp. Right. That's that's not biblical. Okay. This is life lived to its fullest. Mm -hmm. The things that we enjoy in this life, I I truly believe, will be in the new creation. Amen. Relationships may be different not defined the same way that are defined mm-hmm. now. Correct. But, you know, I'm looking forward to what a cup of coffee tastes like in your new creation. Amen. I'm looking forward to fishing. I'm looking forward to sitting around a table. And we'll, we'll have more of these conversations, Oren. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we just do it forever and ever. Just yeah. come back every, every few thousand years and sit around and chew the fat on stuff. Yeah. You know, because it'll be great. It'll be wonderful. Right. We'll never run out of things to talk right. about. Right as far as the, the greatness and the, the glory and the splendor of that life with our God in our midst yeah. in a way that we've never experienced before yeah. without and sin, without barriers, without regret, yeah. without fear. Yeah, absolutely. And so what I would encourage you, and, and so that, that forward looking idea is what should motivate us to keep walking faithfully day by day. So the way you look at your pain and your sorrows in this season is to understand that one day when you're having those conversations in glory, you're going to look back at this time of your life, and you're going to see God's grace walking yeah. with you through it. He's Jesus is literally sitting in the ditch with you right now. Yeah, like that's all I've always thought about that idea that yes, Christ is on His throne, but He's also present with His people, sitting with you in the ditch, saying it's going to be all right. I'm with you, and you're going to get up and you're going to walk, and and every step you're going in a destination in a direction. That's going to lead you to that future glory. So all that groaning is for a purpose. It's not meaningless. It has deep abiding meaning. And so this Christmas, this Advent season, embrace all of it as a, as a gift from God to deepen and further your faith in him because your hope is in Christ or because your hope is in Christ, your anticipation has a genuine, a general, a general, a genuine and final reward that is worth every bit of the waiting. All right, once again, we put another episode in the can. Yep. What are we talking about next week, Orin? Let's, let's next just week a is quick preview. Peace. peace. So the third week of, of Advent, we emphasize a peace. And so we'll talk about what it means to have peace in Christ, what it means to be peacemakers as we're called to in Christ, and how we can have peace this Advent. Season. So all the more reason to make sure you are subscribing to Foot Notable on whatever podcast app that you choose to use. If that app allows you to give a rating and review, by all means, please do so. Five stars, if they allow more, Six, we'll take that. Seven, 12, whatever. Whatever it is, this is like five stars, five cups of coffee. Five thumbs up. Five thumbs up, whatever, whatever the rating is. Um, we'll, we'll take it. Tell your family and friends to give it, even if they're listening to the podcast, just ask them to rate us really high. And that right. just, that's, that just helps. It does. It helps. <laughs> I'm entirely honest. Because it helps. we like to give <laughs> yeah. and also receive five stars. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> so until next week, Merry folks. Christmas, Merry everybody. Christmas. Merry Christmas.